Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal. Boys and girls, my name's Ty Hildenbrand. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, my colleague, my co-host of many years. His name is Dan Rubenstein. Over there in beautiful... New York City. Hello, Dan. Hey, Ty. How you doing? I am doing well. I appreciated the introduction. I do have a confession to make. Yes. As the surest thing in college football, I may have accidentally deflated those footballs with my mind. Yes. That may have been me. I did not mean for it to happen, but I know no limit to my powers. And that's on me, fellas and ladies. That's on me. My apologies. It's good to talk about something other than deflated balls. I know it's you'll good be to going. Never talk about that. Yes, I know you'll be going out to Arizona to yeah, cover the Super before... Bowl for SB Nation. Yeah, I'm back before the game, though, so that's great. You're back before the game. Yeah. Our job tonight, though, is to talk about some college football. Not going to talk about yeah. the balls. We've got uh, a fun show that we're dusting off, bringing back from a previous era for oh, yeah. all you all this evening. We're playing Dunzo, not Dunzo, Ty. Yeah. I feel like you should have a song to punctuate the fact that we're playing Dunzo, not Dunzo. There it is. Um, I can't. Maybe there's like three people out there. Maybe all of a sudden we're just huge in Alaska or Saskatchewan or Bogota. And they never watched the hills or Laguna Beach. Oh, that's Hillary. That's vintage Hillary right there. That is vintage Hillary. One L. Um, Dunzo Not Dunzo is where we take a list of college football topics and decide with a minimal amount of evidence and a maximum amount of conviction whether or not something is done for and it is no longer going to succeed or be the thing that we're used to or not done for uh, in the appropriate Kristen Cavallari language of Dunzo or Not Dunzo. There you go. She herself with the connection to the SEC and football in general marrying Jay Cutler and... Um, being, I, I don't know much about her anymore. I just know that she's married to Jay Cutler and they did not vaccinate their children and put a number of children at risk. Great. So right. other than that, that's all, that's all we got. We're going to get emails about that, but that's fine. If you'd like to email us, it's solidverbal at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at solidverbal. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash solidverbal. You can also find us on the fan cred. Dan, we'll get to our sponsor here, Bombas in just a little bit, but, um, why don't we just get this train rolling? Do it. Are there is there news that we need to go over? Is there anything I that, I that is of huge note news. that since we last did our show? I don't feel like there is. Uh, Tennessee's offensive coordinator left the Volunteers yeah, and okay. is going to Tampa Bay. Central Michigan lost their head coach. He's going to be the new offensive coordinator for Brett Bielema at Nebraska. Um, Brett Bielema you know, is at Nebraska? Excuse me, Nebraska. Oh, that would have been great at Arkansas. <laughs> Sub note, I had half a coffee three hours ago, and it is still affecting me. You're going me. rocket fuel, blue bonnet coffee, whatever it's called, blue bottle blue, coffee? Blue bottle. Yeah. Um, did not go with the rocket fuel. Actually, Katie the Capper is back in town briefly, so we picked up, we went to blue bottle, but I got the the regular drip coffee. I think it's too cold at this point yeah, to okay. go with uh, with whatever. So it's there's recruiting. Um, Will Muschamp is sort of talking to the Falcons possibly about going to the NFL, but seems quote unlikely for him to leave Auburn in the midst of the recruiting season and already signing a contract. But really, uh, there was the Gary Anderson, but really beyond that stuff, Gary Anderson claimed that Wisconsin's academic standards were frustrating, um, which is part of the reason why he left. Okay. 
Um, and then there was an eight to four vote that apparently involved Baylor in the number four spot for the playoff that Baylor, of course, lost. So it wasn't truly that close whether or not they got in. But uh, these are all sort of smaller type stories in uh, in mid to late January. So and the vote was eight to four, eight to four. Who breaks the six, six tie? Um, is it rock, paper, scissors? What what's the. What's the deal there? God, that would I, I don't know what that with the tiebreakers. Maybe it's just Jeff Long's vote as the the spokesperson. I don't know. That, I mean, that I know Archie Manning was on the right. It was thirteen panel and recu- recused himself. But yes, um, okay. Is that all we got? That is, I think, all we got. I don't. There's nothing to talk about with NFL. Jim Harbaugh's out on the road recruiting and posting a bunch of pictures. If you're way into Michigan, he only kind of knows how to take cell phone pictures. They he posted one with his thumb in the corner. I enjoyed that. Um, uh, have you checked? Speaking of social media, have you seen yeah. the back and forth between Pitt and Penn state? Uh, I heard about it. I have not looked into it. I just know that what coaches are going back and forth about recruiting prowess. Yeah. I saw Herb hand. Our friend Herb hand has been on the show many times Has yeah. gotten in on the action as of this afternoon. I love that. Yeah. I mean, You'll- a little, a little rivalry. You know, this used to be a big rivalry, Dan, and yeah. well, they don't play anymore. They're going to play in a few years, but yeah, it's good to have this sort of in-state banter back and forth. I think it's fun. And look, these guys are out on the road now. It's recruiting mm-hmm. season. There isn't much else to talk about, so you might as well no. start a rivalry if you're able to uh, in, in this capacity. Why not? Yeah, well, and it's one of the things with realignment. We lost a number of, of rivalries, border wars, um, backyard brawls. And uh, it's good that some of these are hopefully coming back. There's obviously a number that we'd like to see Texas, Texas A&M, you know, the border war, Kansas and Mizzou, but it, uh, it'd be nice that we get more of these on the schedule. Glad to see Penn state and Pitt, because honestly, you're, you're an Eastern PA guy who went to Penn state. Do you, do you have pit people in your life? In my life? I've tried yeah. to keep them out of my life. Really? Yeah. Okay, but I'm sure there are Penn State people that have pit friends and that they'd have a, a good old time with a a newly uh redone rivalry and they get to watch games together and and talk a little bit of uh talk a little bit of trash and enjoy themselves. It's mostly past tense had pit friends, but I hear what you're saying and it's sure. True. It's true. Okay. Dunzo or not Dunzo, our first topic. Yes. Are you Dunzo or not Dunzo? Are you buying or are you selling? Oklahoma's national title chances under Bob Stoops, Daniel. I am. I think, I think those chances are Dunzo. Dunzo. You know what? I agree. Dunzo. Why are you out on Oklahoma? I just think at a certain point that even though he has brought in fresh blood on the coaching staff and he has recruited consistently very well, and he's perhaps outperformed certain expectations. He certainly has underperformed at times, but I just think the time has come where he has reached his ceiling, which granted is a national championship coach at Oklahoma, but with the big 12 becoming deeper and deeper with Texas, we're assuming coming back with West Virginia always being sort of dangerous. Oklahoma state did have a down year, big in-state rival though. there with their bedlam TCU popping up. Baylor of course does not look like they're going anywhere. I think the big 12 is deep enough. And I think his ceiling has been reached where he just has the makings of a 10 and two coach ceiling, which is amazing, but it doesn't seem playoff and national championship worthy. In the timeless words of George W. Bush, fool me once, shame on, <laughs> shame on you. Right. Fool me 
uh, can't get fooled again. Yes. Something like that with Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about the Sooners because right. I was all in. I know you were tired. All in on Oklahoma before the start of the year. And Trevor Knight, I convinced myself throughout all of our preseason preview shows right. that Trevor Knight was the real deal. And the Trevor Knight we saw in the Sugar Bowl against Alabama, that was going to be the Trevor Knight we were going to get in 2014. Yeah, there are only three teams in the Big 12 at this point moving forward that can that people can say Big 12 fans can say like I don't know what there is to be encouraged about encouraging encouraged by my English is suspect Ty you know this Texas Tech Kansas Iowa State beyond that it seems like it's in, in any given Saturday league at this point with the talent and coaching yes and so granted Trevor Knight had some injuries I don't want to mm-hmm. use that against him absolutely yeah. But I have real questions about Trevor Knight. For example, is he a good enough passer to succeed in Lincoln Riley's system, which you would think would be more oriented around the past just based on what we saw at ECU? Right. Maybe he would tailor his system a little bit more to Knight's skill set, but we did not get the Trevor Knight in 2014 that we thought we might. So I'm selling right. Oklahoma. I'm selling their 13 returning starters. Well, there's also there's also the Baker Mayfield thing. The Baker Mayfield thing, sure. Texas Tech transfer coming in big yep. arm. I, you know, that's, that's not to be discounted as we talk about Trevor Knight. I it's, it's a fluid situation, which is one of those fun non adjectives, but um, 10 and two feels about right to me as his new year in and year out ceiling. All right. So we're both Dunzo. Yes. Double Dunzo. Double Dunzo. Moving Next. on. Next topic. Florida state as a perennial playoff team. Mm-hmm. Without a top flight quarterback. Correct. I stress without a top flight quarterback. Are you buying? Are you selling? Are you Dunzo or are you not Dunzo? I'm not Dunzo with Florida State. No? No, I'm not Dunzo with Florida State, but I'm cautiously not Dunzo. I am straddling the Dunzo, not Dunzo fence. Obviously, Florida State took that final step forward. They had recruited talent for a long time under both Bobby Bowden and Jimbo Fisher, perhaps less so near the end of Bobby Bowden's tenure. Some some pretty shaky assistant decisions by the end of Bowden's tenure. But um, they obviously, with Jimbo Fisher as a QB guru, with that really advanced pro-style offense, really started clicking once they, of course, got a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback in Jameis Winston. I just don't know at this point if there's a surefire quarterback on that roster coming into the roster, at least before, I think they've got a big quarterback coming in in 2016 where we can say this person has the tools, has the acumen is physically prepared or pro- projected to be physically prepared to lead Florida state back to a playoff level level. And so I, I, I don't see it perhaps this year, but I think within two or three years they are, are probably there. They've got a lot of talent. So much. At Florida State. I mean, if you look at this roster, of course, they're losing Jameis Winston. They're bringing 11 guys Mm -hmm. back, most of which are on defense. By the way, we don't have a not Dunzo sound, so I'm just going to use the family feud bell. I like that. If we're selling. so Or excuse me, if we're buying. So you're buying Florida State. You're you're certainly not selling them as a perennial contender. I, I like them as a perennial contender just because the talent is in place. Mm-hmm. I do think, though, that Jameis Winston got them out of a lot of jams this year until Dalvin Cook came around in the later part of the season. Yes. It was Jameis Winston and his heroics getting them out of jams. As tough as it is to proclaim anyone a perennial playoff contender 
in this climate of college football where there is so much parity. Right. I tend to agree with you. And and they ha- they have an ACC schedule. Yeah, if you're asking me with an ACC schedule, is uh, is Florida State done for without Jameis Winston? It, it's tough for me to say that. I, I'm going to err on the side of, uh, no, they're not done for at all. And that, that top flight quarterback that comes in, not this recruiting cycle, but the next, allegedly, I think he's from California across the country, which is always a concern, keeping somebody from that far away. His name is Malik Henry. I just yeah. looked it up. California quarterbacks have done really well, too. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. All right. Oregon. Buying or selling Oregon? It's a very similar situation, right? Except for the fact that they don't necessarily have that. No, they definitely don't. It's not necessarily. They don't have the the talent level on defense. But um, a system is in place. The quarterback development, I would say, has been better in Eugene with lesser talent than it it has been at Florida State. I don't think we ever got the best of EJ Manuel, or maybe we did, and it just wasn't that great. Christian Ponder, obviously, was fine, but nothing great. Oregon has gotten a lot out of non-NFL caliber quarterbacks and Jeremiah Masoli and Darren Thomas. So they deserve the benefit of the doubt at quarterback with development. Um, I'm still not sold on the Pac-12 North at the moment, being more competitive to a much higher level. Washington, Stanford, first year with Oregon State. Washington State still looks like they're far away. Cal should be better. But I still think the uh, the Pac-12 North is comfortable for Oregon, even with a new quarterback, just because of what they bring back around him on offense. So I'm going to say I am not donezo with Oregon staying atop the Pac-12. I'm going to say something controversial here. Uh Oh, here it is. Donezo. Wow. Yeah. It's entirely possible. I think I think reasonable minds could conclude that Oregon will not win the Pac-12 and uh and a, a team that's younger and more developed, perhaps at important positions could, I don't know who that team is. You, you are shot out of a cannon, man. Yeah, I am. You are shot out of a cannon. Tonight. Who is that team? Who is that team that wins the PAC 12? If not Oregon in 2015 USC, of course. Oh, okay. I'm glad you said that. Arizona, Arizona state. There are some teams out there with some mm-hmm. ammo here. Here's why. Here's why I'm selling Oregon. You lose Marcus Mariota. It's a huge question mark. And I am not a part of Oregon. Yeah, right. You lose Mariota if you're an Oregon person, if you're an Oregon coach. That's a huge question mark. How do yep. you replace that kind of production, that kind of efficiency? I have no doubts there are other guys in the system that could come in and have a similar impact, but too many questions for me to just automatically write them into that top spot. They've right. also got tough road games in the Pac-12. I look at on the road against ASU, on the road against Stanford. They've also got the game earlier in the year, non-conference against Michigan State on the road. We'll find out a lot about... It will not affect their Pac-12. It won't affect their Pac-12, but we'll find out a lot about this Oregon team and how they play against a good defense. Certainly. Very early on. So, too many questions for me. Bring enough back on defense that I think it'll keep them in games. They're not going to get blown out, but too many questions for me on offense after losing your star quarterback. I'm going Dunzo in Oregon. Dunzo! Somebody else next year. Fair enough. Next. Next, we've got LSU minus John Chavis plus you have Duck Coach O. Duck Coach O. Ed Orgeron, who is uh, stepping in as what? Defensive line coach at LSU now? Correct. Yes. Are you buying or selling LSU, Dan? Previously on LSU. 
We saw a lot of things from this Tigers team. We just didn't see quarterback development. And if we're not seeing quarterback development, their fan base is going to be so over it. Um, I love that music so yes, much. That's great. Um, I am controversial. I'm Dunzo on LSU. Dunzo. Yeah. I'm Dunzo on LSU because they've reached the point where John Chavis was holding that team up and the run, like they ran the ball. Well, they've recruited everywhere, but without the quarterback development that they really just haven't gotten any time recently since probably Jimbo Fisher was there. It seems like LSU is a bit rudderless. They're going to win games. They shouldn't. They're going to stay in games that perhaps they shouldn't. And they were able to get away with it before because Chavis has been so good. But now I, I think they're going to continue to recruit well on defense. It's, you know, I think per capita LSU or the state of Louisiana, excuse me, has more top players than any other state. So LSU is in a great situation in their backyard, but as the SEC West continues to become more varied and stocked with talent as it does every year, I think LSU, just in terms of a top 10 perennial team, I think they get left behind and we see more seasons like we saw this year. As a top 10 perennial team. Yes. I think I'm inclined to sell that. Dunzo. I'm going to sell that. Done. I am not convinced with their quarterback situation. You bring up a good point, though. Yeah. LSU's never had a great quarterback situation, even in the right. years where they've been national championship contenders. They've typically had a game manager. It wasn't until, gosh, last year, Zach Mettenberger. Zach Mettenberger. Jarrett Lee had like a, a mostly good season until that Alabama game. Like they got good play out of guys. They but haven't had a true game changer at quarterback though in quite some time. So they've won in spite of that. Right. I'm not going to write them off because the quarterback situation remains murky, but right. you lose Chavis. You're, you're wise to point out that he was one of the main reasons why LSU was as prominent as it was. They've always had that defense and defense has kept them in games this year. It wasn't as great as it's been in past years, but it still was good down the stretch when it needed to be mm-hmm. top 10 team though. In an SEC West, that seems like it's continually getting better, certainly with the rise of Arkansas. Uh, We saw Mississippi State jump up this year. They might drop back next year, but Mississippi should still be pretty good. Alabama's always there. A&M could be on the rise. We're going to talk about Mm -hmm. them next. I got to be honest with you. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it as a perennial top They just feel like the wildest of cards. Even wilder than before, and I'm not ready to believe in consistency. With I, that. I am a betting man. You know this. This is I true. I will bet $5 on anything. <laughs> I know. But it feels like a, a bit of a weird proposition to me at this point to bet on LSU as a top 10 team year in and year out. Yeah. Just because oh. the SEC West is so dominant. Breaking news. Can I get some piano? Florida State. Ooh, what happened? Florida State losing their linebackers coach, Sal Sunseri. Going okay. to the NFL, taking a job with the Raiders. Okay. That's all. That's all I got. That's all I just got? wanted to hear the piano. Okay, fair enough. Next. Moving on. We've got another topic here. Yeah. Kevin Sumlin. Mm. Combined with John Chavis. Yes. Are they a playoff tandem, Dan? <sighs> I am saying Kevin Sumlin is... Not Dunzo as a playoff coach. You're buying I, it. I am buying John Chavis. There's a there's still a ton of talent to me previously 
on Texas A&M. Was that, was I supposed to guard him? Was that my guy? Oh, oh God. Oh, geez, that's on me. I'm out, okay. Yeah, that touchdown's on me. That's what their defense was. That's what their defense was previously. I think John Chavis adds an element that Mark Snyder did not have of success, especially in this division, in this conference. I am buying John Chavis with that talent, with a full off season, with his reputation recruiting moving forward. I think Texas A&M has all of the parts with the offensive weaponry, with Kyle Allen, with offensive line continuation of success. I'm going to say A&M within two years, which is probably all that someone probably has left in college station will be a playoff coach. Now I must ask mm-hmm. how far reaching is the altar of Dan slash curse of tie? Because we could be doing a number on things here right now with these predictions, true. with these this thoughts. Is true. It is. I, without risking hyperbole. Yeah. I would say that the altar of Dan and the curse of tie is the most powerful, powerful force in athletics. It's up there. And you know what? I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you on Texas A&M. They bring a lot back next year. Mm-hmm. Eight on offense, seven on defense. Kyle Allen has clearly become the man in college station. Kevin someone's a good coach. He's going to find a way to put up points. The only missing element was defense. I don't know how long it takes John Chavis to get them to a point where they're at least playing serviceable defense, but right. he's a really good coach. I wouldn't expect it to be all that long. If he's able to do that in college station with the talent they have, watch out, watch Next. out. I'm, I'm buying. Next topic. What do we got here? Next topic. Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Are you buying or selling Wisconsin? Competing for the Big Ten title with all of the turnover at the coaching position. I'm going to say Wisconsin is not donezo. Okay. And I went back and forth on this, but the Big Ten West is terrible. It's not terrible because every team is terrible, but that path, if you're going to be in a division in college football on your way to the playoff, a a schedule that includes Minnesota, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, that's the way to go. That is the way to go. Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, all in the Big Ten East, Penn State and improving Penn State, perhaps all in the East. So as a matter of circumstance, I think Wisconsin with Paul Christ, with knowledge of that culture, and knowledge of the preferred mode of scheme, I think Wisconsin is still going to be in good shape provided they can keep recruiting offensive linemen. It seems like the running back well is not drying up. I like Wisconsin to be able to, you know, maybe catch one of those three big schools, Ohio state, Michigan state, Michigan. Um, if Michigan, like we anticipate is going to be very good soon, catching them on just a weird day in the big 10 championship. I could see it happening. I'm, I'm not done. So on the Scanies. I agree with you. I like the fact that Paul Chris comes in first yeah. and foremost. It seems as if it's a place he wants to be. Mm-hmm. And you could talk about this topic till you're blue in the face. Yeah. Paul Chris strikes me as a guy who'd be a lifer in Madison. That means something. If you can find a guy like that, it also means something if you can find a guy like Paul Christ who gives you continuation from previous regimes. He this gives episode you... is just one big slap in the face to Pitt, isn't it? Yes. Well, it is. <laughs> and I feel bad for Pitt, by the way, Yeah, for losing so many coaches in the last five years. But it's really good news for Wisconsin. They've now got a continuation from the Brett Bielema era, from I'm assuming a little bit of the Gary Anderson era just because of personnel, certainly because oh, yeah. of Barry Alvarez and what he put together. It has been very slowly a build 
for Wisconsin, dating mm-hmm. back to that Barry Alvarez era. You bring Paul Chris back, the schemes are going to be very similar. The personnel is presumably in place already to run the kinds of things he wants to run. So to me, it seems like just given the, the, the pieces that are already in place, now you add the coach to it who understands and knows the system is going to keep the same thing in place. It's, mm-hmm. it's a no-brainer. you got to go with the bell on this one. Moving Next. on. Mike Riley, let's stay in the Big Ten West. Let's talk about let's Mike Riley at Nebraska. It's not even signing day yet. It's not even spring practice yet, Dan. <laughs> no, it's not. But Mike Riley is at Nebraska. Yeah. After dismissing Bo Pelini, you have to imagine that they had Mike Riley in the bag before they dismissed Bo Pelini. Seems, seems like it was the case. They may never admit to it, but you have to imagine that's the case. Right. You bring this guy in, he's going to change the system up. Are you buying... Are you selling Mike Riley as a guy who can take Nebraska to greater heights than Bo Pelini did? We've had some time to reflect on the hire and see, see the staff he's put together, see how recruiting has gone thus far. I may be Dunzo on Mike Riley. Dunzo! Wow. That's a controversial statement, Dan. It is. It is because you said it is. Um, I am. I liked the hire at first. But the more I think about it, and I I do like that Mike Riley has had to recruit California and Texas and really dig up diamonds in the rough because of location and school. Obviously, Nebraska, a much more vaunted program than uh, than Oregon State. But for some reason, it just doesn't click for me. It just doesn't make a ton of sense. I think coming into the Big Ten as it's improving and getting deeper, we saw uh, I, I like the Wisconsin hire. I like what Jerry Kill has done at Minnesota. Kirk Ferentz isn't going anywhere. Illinois isn't going to be great. But I just think for Nebraska to win on the level that their fan base expects, I, I want to say there needs to be weirdness in the Big Ten. And like there was perhaps in the uh, in the Big 12, Big 8 era with a, with a down Texas program at a certain time, down Oklahoma at a certain time. I'm going to say Dunzo on, on Mike Riley Nebraska would need somebody bigger and more forceful on the recruiting trail. And I just don't think he he's that guy. It was a surprise when Mike Riley left Oregon state to go to Nebraska. And when they asked him in some of the interviews, why did you go? It It's always the same, right? Mm-hmm. For a long time coach, I felt like I needed a change. This was a chance to take a change and I'll take a new job, try and build something new. I've always liked Mike Riley as a coach. And I remember yeah when they first hired him here. At I've Nebraska. also liked him as a polite uncle, a polite uncle. Sure. Yeah. He, he checks many of the boxes. Yeah. But the group text thread that went around between my friends and I was mostly on the skeptical side. You're, you have group texts about Mike Riley. I have group texts about everything, Dan. <laughs> That's great. I have a lengthy group text thread going with uh, okay. four of my friends. It is great that you can sort of nod off of those group threads now. The new iOS allows you to do that, right? You can go with the old do not disturb feature. Yeah. I have uh, engaged that feature multiple times. I'm sure. I am all in on Mike Riley, Dan. Oh, God. Not done so. You know, it could make me look stupid. I think he's a really good coach. I think if you can mine gems and find a way to win at Oregon State, a place that apparently no one other than Mike Riley and Gary Anderson want to coach. Right. I think you can certainly do it in Lincoln, Nebraska, where you're at a program that's got a lot of tradition. So I, I believe in Mike Riley. I there think he can get the job done. I think he's probably a much better head football coach than Bo Pelini, mm-hmm. just because there's a little bit more to work with there. My only 
ounce of hesitation, and, and I, I fall into this trap all the time. We see a guy like a Mike Leach who wins in the middle of nowhere at Lubbock, Texas, mm-hmm. and say to ourselves, well, clearly he can win if he goes to Pullman, Washington. Right. That hasn't happened yet. It may happen in the future. Seemingly, they're going to give him some more time to get the job done up there at Washington State. I don't know if you can project that type of logic forward for every coach. Right. I am going to do it here, though, with Mike Riley. I, th- I think it was a good move. It was a surprising move. I believe in what he can do in Lincoln. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on to another guy. Speaking of Texas Tech, how about Cliff Kingsbury? Mm. Are you buying or are you selling? Are you dunzo or are you not dunzo on Mr. Kingsbury averaging eight win seasons from here on out? Wow. I'm dunzo on Cliffy. Dunzo. I'm dunzo on this one too. Dunzo. Um, I would have been a little bit less dunzo if their big quarterback five-star commit had stuck with them. I think he's going to Baylor or will go to Baylor or has already enrolled. I have no idea. I don't follow it closely enough until the week of signing day. Um, but at this point with what the big 12 is doing, and even though we're slightly done on Oklahoma, I still feel much better about Oklahoma moving forward than Texas tech. Yeah. I'm, I'm buying, I'm not done. So on Charlie strong, even though that's not a topic, I, I think the uphill battle is too extreme. It is. And now it's a, it's a nine, uh, conference game conference, the big 12. I think right. the, the, the battle is too vast. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Cliffy's Dunzo. I think he's got three, four more years. There's less of a rope, I would say, in Lubbock. But uh, I think eight wins a season is is probably too much to ask. Texas Tech this season, Dan. Do you care to venture a guess where they finished in terms of uh, scoring defense? I don't know, 50th, 60th, somewhere in there. Texas Tech regressed badly oh, in terms yeah, they of lost scoring everybody, defense. But yeah. They lost a lot of talent. Kerry Hyder was amazing for them. Lost a lot of talent. They were 126 in the nation in scoring defense. The season before they were 88th, still not sparkling, but a lot better. 40 spots better thereabouts than they were in 2014. Workable, maybe. I'm willing to give Cliff Kingsbury a little bit more time Mm -hmm. before I go all Dunzo on him. Dunzo! I got to be honest with you, though. My gut says Dunzo. My gut says guy can coach offense Putting a defense out there might be a whole other story. Okay. Eight wins in, as you mentioned earlier, a conference that there's a lot to be excited about right now. It seems a little far-fetched to me, especially with a nine-game schedule. Yes. In conference. Going to go Dunzo on this one, too. I like Cliff. I, I Eight wins, though, a year on average. That's tough to do. That's tough to yeah. do for, uh, for almost anybody. So I'm Dunzo. All right. Fair enough. Moving on. Let's go to... One of our friends. <laughs> Let's talk about Frank Weimer. Frank Weimer. <laughs> Frank Weimer. Let's talk about Frank Weimer's eight win bed. Frank Weimer. Frank Beamer. Yeah. Will he top that eight win bed anytime soon? So they had seven wins this year if you're counting the bowl game, right? Mm-hmm. True. Will he be getting to nine wins next season? Will there be a season after next season if he doesn't surpass the eight win bed, Dan? Um, call it just a guess, total intuition. I just have a feeling as the surest thing in college football picking that we're going to be seeing stories within the next year or two that are like, and you guys were going to write off the greatest coach Virginia tech has ever had. Yeah. And he'll win like nine or 10 games. 
I think we're due for that. I think he clicks on a quarterback. I think for whatever reason, everything comes together. Um, he's been able to sort of keep his staff consistent, keeping Bud Foster and Blacksburg. The the recruiting class that they put together this season looks very solid, especially on the defensive line. I'm gonna and as it should. You should if you're a good defensive lineman in the state of Virginia or in that general tidewater area, you should be going to Virginia Tech. Um I'm gonna say I am not done so on Frank Beamer and his eight win bed. Yeah. I'm with you, Dan. I'm with you. I like their chances. They bring a lot back next season, a lot of yep. guys coming back. They open up the year at home against Ohio State, mm-hmm. which will be an interesting game because, remember, they went to the Horseshoe and knocked off Ohio State amid some of the Buckeyes' turmoil. No doubt the Buckeyes will be looking for a little bit of revenge in this one. But I was about to make a turkey gobble noise. Yes. But I'm not positive if it'll come out right. That's the problem. Give it a try. It sounds like you're drowning. I, I'm drowning in a, a terrible impression of a turkey, yes. Other than Ohio State, though, Furman, they play the Mighty Paladins Mm -hmm. a couple days later. They play at Purdue, which should be a win. They play at East Carolina, which should be a win because East Carolina loses a lot. You factor in a, I think, soft ACC schedule. They're going to get to eight wins this coming year. They're going to get to eight wins. They're going to get to nine wins, maybe 10 wins this coming year. I think he has a nice bounce back here. I think Frank Beamer has a nice bounce back here. So I'm going, uh, I am not done. So I am buying this one. Double buy. All right. Before we go any further, Dan, let's, uh, let's get Mm -hmm. to our sponsor. Please. Let's talk a little Bombas. You remember Bombas, the sock company? How could I forget Tyler? We were having a ton of fun with people tweeting us and also tweeting Bombas, which is a nice touch. Thank you. Please do. Yeah. People are buying the socks that listen to the show They're loving the socks. We've said it once. We will say it again. If you go to bombas.com slash verbal, B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash verbal, you can either get a free pair or take 20% off your order. Mm -hmm. These are socks. They are re-engineered to look better, feel better, perform better. They're built like a honeycomb for strength where you need it most in your arch. They don't slip. They stay up. If you prefer socks of the shorter variety, they've got a nice little blister tab on the back. They're also made from a special kind of cotton, which means they feel better. They feel softer to the touch. I only wear a special cotton tie. You know this about me. I've recommended these socks to dozens of people now beyond the thousands that listen to this show. Look at you. Everybody has been very, very pleased with what they've gotten. And on top of it, Bombas donates one pair of socks per pair purchase. So they're not only helping you with your feet, they're helping those in need because they found out that socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. So since they started up, they've donated Mm -hmm. over 300,000 pairs of socks to those in need. That's since, gosh, October 2013. So they've done a lot. You can get in on the fun too. Just go to bombas.com, B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash verbal. Get yourself a free pair or get yourself an order 20% 20% off. One more time, that's bombas.com slash verbal, Mr. Rubenstein. And you can take it from us because we ourselves are sock enthusiasts. This is we're true. Not just, we're not just out here spouting like, I hear people like socks. No, Ty and I have been lifelong sock wearers. Yes. So we can endorse this in earnest. So yes, go out and get some Bombas. 
One more Dunzo or not Dunzo, and then let's answer some questions. Yes. Dana Holgerson, New Year's mm. Day Bowl or no? Previously on West Virginia football. I would really love to see West Virginia back in one of those New Year's-ish bowls because the last time we saw that, we saw Tavon Austin running with barely being touched, without being touched, with Tavon Austin just completely shredding Clemson and them dropping 70 points. So yeah. it would be good for entertainment if West Virginia were able to get back. I am going to say with West Virginia, with some of their ties to Florida and how well they've recruited the Sunshine State, yes, the Big 12 is improving and getting better. Yes, they were shafted from the playoff this season, but I feel like West Virginia with the step forward they were able to take for a good chunk of the season anyway on defense. I'm going to say I'm not donezo with New Year's Eve day-ish. Holga, are you, are you optimistic or are you pessimistic? So you're going Bell. Yes. I am on the fence. Uh-oh, Dunzo fence. I am on the Dunzo fence Yeah, with West Virginia. Clint Trickett was a revelation this year. In spots, he was very, very good this year, and he executed that offense with expert precision. Are you talking about Mr. Trickett, or are you talking about Mr. Trickett's scalp? I'm talking a little bit about both, actually. <laughs> okay, just making sure. But as I look at this schedule, yeah, I see some things that I don't like. I see a road game against Oklahoma. I see a road game against Baylor. I see a road game against TCU. You could automatically chalk those up as three losses if you wanted. Now, I'm sure. donezo on Oklahoma, so I won't quite write that one off yet. But Baylor and TCU, uh, a bye week separates them in late October. To me, it feels like those are two losses. Texas? Late in the year, who knows what kind of season Texas is going to have, but they could improve. I am not buying West Virginia as a New Year's Day Bowl team. Dunzo. I'm not buying it. Not this year. I just feel like, as you mentioned, there's so much going on right now in the Big 12. Oklahoma State could come into Morgantown and knock them off. There's a chance they could finish 7-5 and five this year, so I'm out. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a fencer. All right. Shall we move on to some questions? Uh, I feel like it's time, Ty. Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. You've got mail on the solid verbal. As often as we can, Dan, we do our best to pay homage. <laughs> to those of you that write into solidverbal at gmail.com or post mm-hmm. on our Facebook page or send stuff into us on Twitter or FanCred, we've got a handful of questions here. We do. We probably don't have time for all of them, but let's start let's with our lightning good f- round some football ones. Let's start with our good friend, Josh, who says, let's do it. who will be next year's Oklahoma and TCU? Yeah. Most hyped slash overrated slash overlooked slash underrated in college football. 2015, he's saying that Oklahoma was all kinds of hyped and they were, yeah, and that definitely. TCU was very underhyped mm-hmm. last season. Who are we buying? Who are we selling? I've got a couple candidates here for you. Well, TCU could certainly go from overperforming expectations to underperforming in the the course of a season. A lot of people have them as one, two, three in the country, which is certainly much deserved considering their 2014 and who they bring back on both sides of the ball this season. Um, Do they go? I think they go to Minnesota, I believe, to open up the 2015 season. Yeah. Yeah. 
And beyond that, there's not a ton. The road gains, the road games, excuse me, at Texas Tech, at Kansas State, at Oklahoma State. It should be an improved Oklahoma State and at Oklahoma, which is not ideal, but you know, they're not going to West Virginia. That's always a difficult place, as we saw this past season. Uh they get Texas at home. Uh, and they get Baylor at home. So, you know, it's it seems like an ideal time. So I'm gonna say TCU is properly rated for the moment. As for over overrated looking into the season. I'm going to say USC. Okay. I like them a lot. I don't think they're a top five to eight team, which is where they're landing in a number of these polls. I think they just lost too much on both sides of the ball. And while they will get better when they're able to replenish and get back to that 85 scholarship mark, losing to losing Leonard Williams on the defensive line, losing Josh Shaw, who yes, only contributed at the end of the season, losing Hayes Pollard, who was just everything in the middle of that defense. He was fantastic for them. Yes, their offensive line is young and mostly all back, but losing Nelson Aguilar, Buck Allen, all these guys, I think it's too much to expect from this team this season to be a top 10 team. I think they're going to lose to a couple of dumb teams like they did in 2014 or in dumb ways. I've got two of each. Yeah. I'll start off by selling UCLA. Yeah. 10 guys back on offense, eight back on defense. The one glaring Weakness on offense now is quarterback. And I shouldn't say it's a weakness because they've got some guys who can play. They've got Jerry Neuheisel who came in and performed admirably when he had to. They've also got Josh Rosen coming in, the true freshman. Everyone talks about his intellect as a football player. If you watched any of the Elite 11 stuff. Yeah. Still, you lose Brett Hundley. That to me is a question mark. Some people have UCLA in their top eight. I'm not putting UCLA in my top eight. No, I don't think that's right. Because they're losing Brett Hundley. That to me is is a big time question mark. So I'm selling UCLA as a uh, as a top eight, top five team. I'm also half selling Clemson. I was very excited. It was like everybody, yeah, yeah. I was I was very excited about Deshaun Watson headed into this year, but he's had some injury concerns. Also losing Chad Morris. Mm-hmm. Also losing three starters along the offensive line. Yeah. Also losing your entire defensive front. That to me is not necessarily a recipe for success. Correct. So I'm going to sell Clemson, even though I, I still have a lot of faith in them. A lot of people have them top 10, 12 team outside of that top 10, 15 that I feel like could get in there. Yeah. I like Arkansas. Arkansas like, is, I think a gimme. I, I like Arkansas a whole lot. I don't think they're a gimme. I think they, they finished the season. I know they finished the season extremely strong and in a completely encouraging way. They lose a number of big contributors on defense, Trey flowers, Martrell spade, all those guys, you know, that's, that's big, but 10 returning offensive starters. If they're able to get better performances out of the quarterback position, I, I feel like Arkansas is going to be multiple teams that are more talented than they are just because of how much they can punish teams into the ground. So I'm going to say Arkansas finishes the season 11, 12, somewhere in there. Three teams that I'm buying that I think are going to be outside the top 15. That yeah. wouldn't surprise me if they work their way up there. Number one, Georgia Tech. Oh, yeah. Who wants to play Georgia Tech? No one wants to play Tech. They lose a lot on offense. They bring a lot back on defense. And that's okay because defense is or has been their Achilles heel. This past year it was anyway. Experience will be great for them. This is a really good team. Mm -hmm. The schedule doesn't seem that brutal. I'll buy Georgia Tech. Two other teams. Tennessee. I don't know about a top 15 team, but Tennessee's got 19 guys back. They fought almost everyone they played this season, and they look good down the stretch. They look very impressive in their bowl game. I like when teams finish strong. Tennessee, we've been hearing about the youth. 
Joshua Dobbs played very, very well in that bowl game. He seems to be the answer at quarterback. So let's go in on the volunteers. It's a good time to be young and improving in the SEC East with Florida and their coaching changes. Georgia, of course, losing their offensive coordinator. Uh, South Carolina taking the step back defensively and offensively at times that they did last year. Kentucky, albeit young and talented, still wasn't able to have a great second half of the season. A good time to be feisty and up and coming. And finally, let's go North Carolina. I was a wow. year early on North Carolina. I'm always a year oh, early. You're so that, that is true. I'm a year early on all these teams that I really like. I was a year early on Ole Miss. Um, I'm going to. So you pre-picked. I pre-picked. You preed. That's right. I prepaid my UNC yeah. selection. I'm going to go back in. I'm going to double down on UNC. Okay. 17 guys back. Most of the offense. They've got a workable non-conference schedule. As best I can tell, they need to play better defense, but that's why they brought Gene Chizik in. You got to believe Larry Fedora finds a way to put points on the board. So let's go back in. Let's do this again. Let's go with the powder blue and UNC as a, as a team to watch. Let's uh, creep ever so slightly <laughs> into the life advice portion. Let's do that of this show. Let's go with a hybrid question via email from our good friend, Matt Brown. Oh my God from over at Lane Grant. Holy Land also does some work for SB Nation. Yeah. He said a few weeks ago, it came out that a uh, adult film star was trying to recruit Ohio State's Braxton Miller right. to Florida State. Her pitch included inviting other adult film star friends to Florida State games and a promise to, quote, film a scene wearing his jersey, end quote. Mm -hmm. The idea of that being an effective recruiting pitch seemed a bit weird to me, and it got me thinking. Fair enough. It also seems weird to me. Folks, here's where the question takes an awkward left turn. I love this turn. Let's imagine, hypothetically, mm -hmm. somebody created an adult parody version of the solid verbal. Correct. Let's call it, I don't know, the solid verbone. Okay. I'm with it. If you were made aware of said parody, how would you feel about that? Would you be flattered or intrigued or creeped out beyond measure? Maybe a little... A, B, and C. Wouldn't What's, you just call it solid verbals? Hmm. We're not splitting hairs over names here, Dan. We're just okay. talking parodies. Continue. He wants to know what the protocol is in a situation like that. Right. First off, if they're making that parody, it means we've made it. That is definitely true. We've made it in some capacity in this life. And I'm not endorsing the industry. I'm not speaking out against the industry. If you someone's making thing. any parody about us, we've made it. You are not a thing until there are things. That's right. So with that said, I think I'd be creeped out beyond, beyond the capacity for rational thought. However, this is the same show that once had Lex Steele on to pick games in week True. one of the 2013 season. So from that standpoint, I must admit, I would be a bit intrigued and amused. Um... I don't think I'd be creeped out because I might volunteer to star in it <laughs> as Ty Hildenbrand. <laughs> His hair is way curlier than I remember. It's it's a weird, humid summer in Pennsylvania. Right. Um, I would be, I think, a little bit of each. I would be creeped out. I don't think I would tell relatives. No. But would you watch? Would you purchase? If they didn't send us a copy, would um, you purchase the solid verbone? You watch it in the privacy of your own home. Would you watch it with fiance Kate? Because you know what? 
let's be honest, you've mentioned her on the show, so she's probably in the movie. See, this is what you do. <laughs> you find ways to reframe questions in a way that makes me awkward. Makes yeah. me sound awkward like I don't know what I'm doing. Well, listen, if she's listening, I'm the one asking the questions, not you. Yeah, Mama H is listening too, so thanks for that. I'm keeping it PG-13, am I not? I feel like I'd have to watch. I don't know if I'd buy, but I'd have to watch. It's, it's 1995. Here's the thing. Kate is familiar with it and knows you purchased it. Are okay, you watching? Let, let me finish my thought here. Continue. Before you derail me. Yeah. I feel like I'd need to watch because the thing about many of these adult movies mm -hmm. is that they try to have some semblance of a plot. Right. That's not the main reason people are watching. I'm sure there are some people who watch for that. What that's would the not, plot be? I don't know. But that's the main reason that uh, I think I'd be interested in watching, to see what kind of plot they cook up. If I were to guess, it would probably center around your wedding. Okay. Your impending nuptials. Um, I mean, that's the low-hanging fruit here. I would buy, and I would watch, and I would not tell family members, but I would probably publicize on, on various social media avenues that I had finally made it. I think that's fair. I think we'd almost have to. And I would say get get creative with my casting. I wouldn't hate Lexington Steele as Dan Rubenstein. <laughs> I feel like he's a method actor and he could inhabit the role. All right. Let's move on. Quick Next. one here from Will and then we'll close out with uh, Stockton. An, an important get question Stockton. from Stockton. Yeah. Yes. Will wants us very quickly to power rank Subway, mm. Quiznos, Firehouse and Jimmy John's. He says write-ins are allowed, but it must be a national chain. Right. No indie Brooklyn or Santa Monica sandwich shop Damn that it. Dan loves to name drop. I will sure. also throw Primo in there. I will put Primo Never above of Primo. all of those. It is a national chain, but it's more in the eastern part of the country. So I probably rank Quiznos or uh, Primo, then Quiznos, then Firehouse, then Jimmy John's, then Subway in that order. I've never been to Jersey Mike's or Firehouse or uh, I have been to Jimmy John's. I don't think it's great. I think it's fine. It's it's college town subs, which is it's terrific. We all went to college. Um, I like Togo's. I haven't had it in a long time. I remember them having good bread. The problem with a lot of these chains is they're using like kind of crappy meat. And you should live everybody. If you're listening to podcasts, you're probably wise enough to find a sandwich shop with good meat. That's that's the that's the frank truth. Um, I'm looking actually through. I like Blimpies a lot. I think Blimpies is fine. But this again, I haven't had it since high school. I just remember liking it. Um, I've never had Witch Witch. Do you have Witch Witch there in PA? No, no. Don't. I think there's that in LA now, but I'm not positive. Um, I'm looking through here. Never been to Firehouse. Um, Einstein Brothers, they're listing on this site. I guess it's bagel sandwiches. I've had Einstein Brothers, but I don't it think fine. they don't fit with these other. I think they're chains. national. They're it's national, national, but they, they're they have sandwiches. They're national. They don't strike me as a sub shop, though. Here is my number one national sandwich chain. As I go through this, yeah, mm -mm, it's not Quiznos, it's not Jimmy John's, it's not Subway. I think it's Potbelly. Never had Potbelly. Potbelly is my number one. It's a good sandwich. They they put it in the oven or whatever. They run it through their oven. Um, I feel like that is the apex of your very very quick sandwich national chain. Next next time you come down here, we'll stop at the local Primo and get you a nice turkey Diablo. How is Primo? How many states is Primo in? I don't know. I'd have to look it up on the website. I'm looking right. it up right now. It's, is it just a standard? It's Italian specialty sandwiches locations. Okay. They're definitely in Jersey. They're in PA. They're in Delaware, Florida, Maryland. Okay. They're, they're all over PA. Yeah. So it's mostly 
Eastern Seaboard. So I wouldn't go as far as national, but they're in, they're multi-state, so I'll count it. Primo hoagies. Fair enough. I'm fishing for a free sub here. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, they use good meat. It looks like they use Thuman's meat, Thumman's meat, Thuman's. Sure. That's good stuff. Okay. Fair enough. We've got five minutes left here. Let's go to Stockton. Yes. This is an important question. This is a great question. He says, I've done everything conventional for Valentine's Day. The expensive restaurant, ice skating, rose petals, stuffed animals, etc. God, is that I'm boring? not doing well on the financial front right now. Okay. Fair this enough. is the last year my girlfriend and I will be living in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Any ideas of what I can plan this year on Valentine's Day? Now, you're a romantic at heart, Tyler. Aren't we all? Yes. No, no, we're not all romantics at heart. You are you are in the midst of planning romance as we speak. That's right. So how do you keep that fire alive? Valentine's Day, some people would claim, largely a, a commerce-driven holiday of roses and chocolates and dinners and cards and all that kind of stuff. But you're a creative fella. Yeah. What What is it that you see as a way in D.C., it's going to be cold in mid-February, that he can be romantic, that it's it's not necessarily about buying things. It's about it's about gestures. It's about thoughts. Yeah. So what what do you do in his shoes to say, you're special to me. I care about you. I, I you should tell you this every day, but today is Valentine's Day and I want to do something special. What is that special thing? That special thing is a Cuisinart. Oh, God. Electric fondue maker. That's not. That's Stay not with me answer. here. Stay with me. Oh, Dan. my God, Ty. Stay with me here. This is a new low. Continue. Listen to me now. I'm listening. You're big on cooking. I'm fine with that. You're big on cooking. You can buy the electric fondue maker for 48 bucks on Amazon Prime. Get some okay. chocolates. Get some cheeses. Okay. Get some of the stuff that you'd get sure. at the melting pot. Yes. And instead of going out and spending $120 for a romantic evening on Lover's Lane at the melting mm-hmm. pot, right. make your own, light some candles, drink a beer, have some white wine, have that experience at your apartment. It'll cost you way less and it'll be a lot of fun. See, we're we're actually on the same page, but with different strategies. What is my wrong? Prob- there is nothing wrong with the strategy. No, no. My problem is the fondue thing. It's when you you're wrapping it up or something like that, and to unwrap kitchenware as a Valentine's Day gift. Well, I I'm feel not. Like- no, I'm not saying give it to her with roses. I'm saying buy it, have it there, sort of surprise a, her with it. I think that's kind of pricey. If if he's trying to save cash to buy a fifty dollar piece of kitchenware, I don't know. What I would do, I think your, your, your sensibility and your philosophy is completely on point. I think you're right on point. Here's what I would do. I would, and I, I spoke this over with our, our resident expert, Dr. Jane, and also our friend, Ryan Nanny. Okay. And they were more in, the, in line of maybe look back at your first date and say, oh, we went and got these drinks, or we went and got this meal, or we went to this movie. In Ryan's case, it was a movie. And just and sort of recreate that in the domestic environment at home. So like, let's say you went out and you went to some movie theater and they were showing an old showing of like Pulp Fiction or something like that. You get a Pulp Fiction DVD and you drink the same wine you drank or drink the same beers you got or something like that. Really like three steps of like remembering details and recreating those details or as sort of a a sub idea for that sub idea because we just talked about sandwiches. Um, That was good. Depending on how close you are, because it says the last year they're living in D.C., 
if they've been living together for a long time or they've been together a long time, maybe put in a call or an email or something to an old friend or like her mom, her dad, her brother, something like that, and find out maybe like her favorite meal in college or growing up or something like that and recreate it like that. It's just, it's all about the effort. It's all, it's not about the price tag. I agree I think with that. That would be very thoughtful. I, I agree with that. I'm not, I'm not digging the, the college meal thing. Sure. Not, maybe not college meal, but if she loved, you know, chicken pot pie growing up, take a stab at chicken pot pie, even if it's only okay, even if it's bad, the effort is there and it's a good story. You know, make some hot cocoa because it's going to be cold in D.C. Or someone make some, you know, whatever, make a hot cocktail, whatever it is. Um, it's it's about planning and efforts, no matter the results. We'll agree on that sentiment. Yes, we'll agree on the sentiment. See, the fondue details thing, I like are you're, important. You're not going to be doing fondue all that often. It seems like a waste of money. I'm telling you, man, they're hot right now. <laughs> they're hot right now. <laughs> they're literally hot. I'm telling you, I've used it. How often are you fond doing, Ty? Be serious. How often are you doing Valentine's Day? Be serious. But I'm cooking for the lady. This is cooking for the lady, too. Yeah, but I'm, that's a very specific... This is an interactive like a, thing you can do at home, that's Dan. That's a meal. You're not coming home after a long day and fondueing. I'm just saying. you, can do, do, you have, do you own a fondue pot? I do. How often do you use it? I've used it twice now. Total? Total. When did you get it? Christmas. It's a good maybe, time. I'm telling maybe you. Maybe you're just way into fondue. I'm not way just, into fondue. <laughs> That's not an accusation. I'm telling you. It's All a right. good idea. All right. Well, listen. How about this? You tweet us whether it's a better idea to make the meal from your first date or to fondue. Okay. Tweet us. Tweet us at Solid Verbal. Which would you rather have your chosen lover do for you? Male, female, whatever. I don't know what the whatever. I feel like yeah, <laughs> whatever. Pets, please. Male, female, German Shepherd. Yeah, if you're a German Shepherd at Solid Ver, no. Let's have the females tweet us. Have to have no, because you know gentlemen like to be treated as well. Oh, that's right. I think of it as more of a female holiday, but that's fair. Perhaps. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Let us know what you would rather be surprised by: uh, impromptu fondue or impromptu. First, whatever, movie, drinks, meal, what have you. And when I say fondue, I'm talking about cooking like some shrimps in the broth. You can mix up the broth. All the recipes are online. Yeah. You can do the cheese thing if you want. You can mm -hmm. also do the chocolate thing, which I've done yeah. and is really good. So, you know, that that's all included in my idea. Yeah, I feel like there's that there's also the burn disaster is waiting to happen as well. It's electric. It's not that. Uh... All right. Listen. Between the two of us, you are you are the much more capable fondueer. <laughs> Probably am. I'm more yeah. of a fondonter. Fondonter. Hey yo. Eh, no. Okay. Whatever. On that note, thanks yeah. again to everyone for hanging with us here throughout the off season. It is a long off season. When we're oh, talking yeah. about fondue in late January, we got a ways to go until the 2015. I season would share comes fondue with you, is what I'm saying, though. That's fair. Okay. I'm fine with that. Okay. Solidverbal at gmail.com, still the email. Let us know what you think about this and other perhaps college football topics. We're also on Twitter and on Facebook. I said it last show. I'll say it again here because some of you are going to tweet us or email us or ask us what's going on. You may see a disturbance in the force. And by force, I mean our RSS feed, our podcast feed. If you see some shows pop up and start downloading that you didn't intend to have download, Know that we're working on it. We're doing some maintenance to try and straighten some things out. It's long overdue. 
if you want to give us an extra download, hey, we're cool with that. But if you see it and you don't know what's going on, just know that it's a one-time deal. After that, we'll be fine. Yeah. Sound good, Dan? That sounds great to me. Thanks again for tuning in. We will do our Verbies nominations on our show early next week. Yes. Until then, enjoy your weekend. By all means, stay solid. Peace.